Conflict Resolution Wednesday on Metro FM. Today we are looking at uh, Ndalo Media versus the staff. Mm-hmm. And of course, any of the companies you've worked for that might have gone under that now say, we can't pay you, our clients haven't paid us, or actually we're just going to liquidate. Mm. So we need to get into the crux of what are your rights? Can you chase after them if a company's gone under? Uh, uh, can you go to the CCMA? Or what if they crop up again with a different name? So we're going to be speaking to Regional Divi- Divisional Director for Legal at RSM South Africa Consulting Propriety Limited, Mark Humphreys, who joins us on the line this morning. Good morning. Mark, welcome to the Fresh Breakfast Show. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much. What does the RSM stand for? It's uh, it's our uh, it's it's merely a logo, basically for our, our worldwide group um, RSM. Um, so, so it just that, looks nice. It doesn't mean anything. No. no <laughs> <not>. <laughs> what do you guys do at RSM? We're, uh, we like to call ourselves a full-spectrum firm, so our main focus of our business is auditing, but then on the, we also do consulting, mm. and as part of that consulting work, we do things like outsourced accounting, taxation, and there's a legal department, which I form part of, and that legal department does commercial transactions and uh, labor advisory, which, uh, which I also do. All right, so we've got a couple of companies in this country with the the change of the economy that are going under. And it's not just small companies, it's big companies as well. We did make reference to Ndalo Media. It was quite a yes. public story. What actually happens when a company says we are going under? There are processes like business rescue, for example, or liquidation. Sure. At what point should an employee be worried? Well, I think when an employee should start becoming worried is, is when it's evident that the company is financially distressed. Um, and then, uh, and then, a, then an employee should generally become quite worried about the, the process. Mm. Following that, as you said, there's two processes which a company can follow when it's financially distressed. The first is business rescue. Um, if a company enters into business rescue, which is, which can be voluntary, then the employment contracts that, that are entered into that, they're not suspended like you would have in a liquidation. And they continue to be employed on the same terms and conditions as immediately preceding the business rescue proceedings. Okay. So, so maybe just share, share with us what that means so we, we have an understanding of what business rescue is because most people think it's either the company's functioning or it's dead. Yeah. So business rescue generally happens in, in one of two. In one of, well, it happens when a company is financially distressed. So it's, it's trading in circumstances where it can see that it is no longer making profits, for example. Now, it's not insolvent yet, but it's financially distressed. Mm. In those circumstances, the, the, share, the directors of the company can resolve to place the company into what's called business rescue proceedings, where a business rescue practitioner is appointed to manage the affairs of the company and try and trade it out of these financially distressed circumstances. So the attempt, business rescue proceedings is an attempt to um, to place the, the company back into a positive footing with its, um, in the economy. Mm. Whereas liquidation is, you've got a you've got a company that has now reached a, a point where it's completely insolvent, it's unable to pay its debts. And the point of a liquidation is then to try and get some benefits 
to its creditors and to then wind up the entity. Mm. Okay, so company not doing well, and then you tell us, we want to retrench you, mm. and then later you decide, no, we're liquidating. One, is yeah. that fair? Is that sneaky? Is it allowed? Unfortunately, the law does allow for a company to start with, with business rescue proceedings. And then if it becomes evident that those business rescue proceedings aren't working or unlikely to succeed, that it can then convert to a, a compulsory winding up. Mm. So what are my rights so, as an employee in that regard? So if the company decides to, to liquidate on a voluntary basis, it would need to follow... It would need to follow the Act, the Labor Relations Act, insofar as Section 189 or Section 189A is concerned, what's locally known as a retrenchment. So, Section 189 of the Act refers to operational uh, dismissals based on operational requirements and sets out various uh, rights that an employee has and various obligations that an employer must meet before proceeding with dismissals insofar as retrenchments are concerned. Mm. I think also what maybe can be confusing is if you're not an actual full-time employee, some people get fixed-term employment contracts, freelancer uh, contracts. How do you differentiate? Because for some people it's simply, but these are the people I work for. Now they're telling me they can't pay me. So how do you differentiate that you are entitled to say, I want my money versus the one where, well, you were just somebody we owed money We've liquidated. We we don't. We you can't challenge in the labour courts. You're going to need a really expensive lawyer to come to us. Yeah. Well, look, well, I, I suppose the the section one eight nine doesn't differentiate between fixed term employees or, uh, or 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 permanent employees, if you want to call them that. So the uh, the difference would be insofar as an independent service provider is concerned versus an employee. So if you're an independent service provider in our law, you're not considered terminated, and you wouldn't be entitled to severance or anything like that. Insofar as fixed-term contracts are concerned, if the fixed-term contract itself doesn't make provision for, uh, for, for the contract to be terminated based on operational requirements of the employer, mm. The contract itself can't be terminated and would need to run at fixed terms. Mm. So, so for example, in those circumstances, an employee would be entitled to damages for the remaining portion of the contract, for example. Insofar as permanent employees are concerned, that's a different story. They are then governed solely by Section 189 or Section 189A. And an employer just can't refuse to pay severance to the employee. There's no mm. provision in our in our act which which refuses which allows the employer to decline to pay severance to a an employee unless that employer has been liquidated by uh, compulsorily liquidated in terms of a court order. Mm. So in those circumstances an employee would be entitled to at the very least severance pay, which in terms of the basic conditions of employment act equates to one week's remuneration for every year of continuous service to the employee, the employer. As in backdated? Yeah, so you look at, so for example, if an employee starts to work with an employer in 2000 and they were retrenched in 2019, mm. they would have 18 years of continuous years of completed service, the, the, the 2019 years not completed yet, 
and that employee would then be entitled to 18 weeks of remuneration. Okay, okay. All right, makes sense. sense. 19 minutes after 8, that's the voice of Mark Humphreys, Regional Divisional Director for Legal at RSMSA Consulting Proprietary. It is a conflict resolution Wednesday. We're looking at when your company or the company you work for folds. What happens when the company you work for is in trouble? So we are having a discussion with Mark Humphreys, Regional Divisional Director for Legal at RSMSA Consulting Propriety Limited. Uh, Mark, so earlier on you were just breaking down for us the processes and um, the recourse that employees can take. What yes. actually happens realistically, even if the processes have been followed and a company says, okay, we concede we'll pay you, but then they just don't pay. Do you have to escalate it to labor, high, constitutional court? <laughs> Well, it, uh, it depends on, on which process you're in. So if it's in a normal retrenchment process and, uh, and, you don't get, and you don't get paid, then you would obviously escalate that to the CCMA, um, firstly to, to dispute, your, um, to dispute your, uh, your, your dismissal, to say that the dismissal was unfair. And that would then be, you would then need to go to the labor courts insofar as this. So they can order reinstatement and they can award up to 12 months remuneration. But insofar as, uh, as ordering remuneration to be paid, you'd need to either approach uh, another court, mm. alternatively to claim that you've been unfairly dismissed and proceed to the CCMA. But there you would then have to try and enforce your claim to, um, you'd, you'd have to uh, enforce your claim to the amounts due to under retrenchment or ask for reinstatement. Now that we've got you on the line, we received an anonymous uh, voice note. Well, they, yes. they did disclose to us, but we are protecting them because they're concerned about no their problem. well-being and safety in the workplace. And no um, we'd just really like your advice on this particular situation. So we have masked the voice. Uh, let's take a listen. No problem. The mother, the mother is one of the bosses. She came in and she says, why is, uh, uh, why is the desk so untidy? So... We said that sorry, we're going to clean, but we are currently working. That's why there is papers on the table. Then the mother said that uh, this is not accepted. It's better you people take your things and go. I don't need you. You need me. I am the boss. Well, if they don't like you, they fire you. They find a way to fire you. They've got their impingements, which they pay extra. They don't even lie for them at the CCMA. If I have to go to the CCMA now, they have the impingements that they pay, and, and the impingements will go there and say no. Lying. It's not like that. It's like us. They're just paying people to do what they, what they need. The last time, there was a black guy that the boss told me because of me you got food on your table. Because of me you were eating. So this guy said, I'm gonna take you to the CCMA and the and the boss told me you can go to the CCMA because your salary is so gonna go to our people there. Last week uh the boss himself he swore one of the managers as a and told her she must take a thing and for something that she didn't do. And it, because it's a, Muslim, it's a Muslim company, us that is not Muslims, we're not allowed to eat here. There's special food that is cooked for the Muslims. They, they, only the Muslims are allowed to eat because we are not Muslim. The treatment is very bad, very, very bad, yeah. They treat us like we are nothing, like, like the boss will tell us that we are running this company like it's a circus. We are just monkeys that are running around.
we are making them rich and we are nothing. They pay us peanuts. Sometimes they even call us f***ers. They let f***ing come and fetch the money. It's not fair. I've been working here for like seven years and it's terrible. Your thoughts on that, Mark? Well, I'm quite horrified to, to hear if that is actually what's going on. It is quite a, a horrifying story, but I suppose it is, it's pretty typical for this country, unfortunately. But the, the view, my, my answer is that employers aren't as powerful as everyone likes to think they are. The CCMA has, has plenty of teeth. And in this case, for example, let's, let's stress with it in, in sequential order what on the complaints. The first is that they're saying that they can just fire you and take you to and you can take them to the CCMA that they'll get someone to laugh for you. The bottom line is, is that insofar as a dismissal is concerned, a dismissal in South Africa needs to be both procedurally and substantively fair. Mm. From a procedural aspect, that means that the individual who's dismissing you needs to follow a fair procedure, which is, which is set out in the Code of Good Practices on dismissals, and usually that entails some form of adherence for the individual. The individual would need to know what the charges are against them. Mark, can you just uh, spe- speak a, a bit into your handset? We're just losing Sorry. you a little bit. Are you losing me? Much Sorry, better, no yes. Thank you. Uh, is that better? Much better, yes. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so you would need to. So it would need to be procedurally fair from the sense that the employee would need to know what the charges are against them, and be given an opportunity to present his own evidence. What we call the Ali Artram Patram rule. He would need to be able to present his own evidence to firstly refute the evidence presented by the employer mm-hmm. and secondly to give evidence in mitigation of sentences found guilty. The second rule is the substantive rule. That means there has to be a good reason to dismiss an employee. Okay? So you can't just be dismissed for some menial infraction. It has to be something major that breaks down the trust relationship between the employer and employee. Now, in this case, if the employer just dismisses somebody and says, go to the CCMA, I don't care, that employee would then go to the CCMA and say, I was dismissed for a reason that I don't know. The matter would be set down before the CCMA. And the employer, even if you brought a witness, you would have no documentary evidence mm. to demonstrate that he'd followed fair procedure. And, 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 and by fair procedure, you mean things like, a first written warning, second written warning, and and some kind of reference to this person was allowed to make representation and they were allowed to bring somebody uh, who could uh, speak on their behalf because the circumstances were not in a way that they could speak for themselves. Correct. So now that's usually demonstrated. So generally what, what happens in South African companies is that you convene a disciplinary hearing in those circumstances and there'd be the, the minutes of the disciplinary hearing alternatively a transcript of that hearing itself. And there'd be a determination that is made by an independent chairperson. Now, the the second part is says there has to be a good reason to dismiss the employee. So you can't just dismiss an employee because he's late once to work, for example, or mm. his desk is untied. That's, that's not going to cut it. So the, in those circumstances, the, the, the CCMA would either award reinstatement, plus compensation, alternatively, they would award compensation up to 12 months of compensation to the employee. In fact, uh, Mark, please just hold that thought. When we come back, we'll uh, look, also look at religious discrimination in the workplace. Yes. Where you're told, we're Muslim, you're not, so you eat there. Yeah. Yes. Or we don't eat. eat. Mm. And also, obviously, gratuitous throwing around. In fact, just throwing around of the K-word. We don't call people kafirs. 
What is this? It's 8.44. This is Fresh Breakfast on Metro FM. It's a conflict resolution Wednesday. And we got a voice note earlier on someone saying that um, where they work, it's a tire company. Um, they are abused. They are told, I can fire you any time. Uh, when it's time for pay, they're told, tell the kafirs to come in, get their mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're told you're not Muslim, so you can't eat here. Mm. You must go eat there, outside, or wherever it is they're told to eat. Mm. And we're asking our guest, Mark Humphreys, Regional Divisional Director for Legal at RSMSA Consulting Proprietary, how do you deal with being bullied at work? What advice would Mark give? Mark, welcome back. Yes, welcome. And, th- and, th- and thanks for your patience. <laughs> he was no, listen- patience. he was enjoying the song, just admit it. I was. I was. <laughs> please, please send us the video, Mark. Send us the video. <laughs> so we are bullied at work. We are called the K-word. We, we were told you can't eat here because you're not Muslim or you're not Christian or whatever it is you're bullied about. How do you deal yes. with that? Well, I, I think just to, to, to make it abundantly clear is that our law does not tolerate that whatsoever. Yes. And, and in particular, you know, with, this, uh, with, with the use of the K-word or, or, or any other type of discrimination, whether it be based on race or religion, is simply not tolerated in terms of our new dispensation with the Constitution, the Labor Relations Act, Employment Equity Act. The, the acts are, are stacking up against this type of behavior. And, uh, and an employee has, has certain rights which cannot be alienated. Mm. And some of those rights include, for example, that uh, they must have safe working conditions, that they must receive fair labor practices, and that they must not be, uh, they must not, they must be treated with dignity mm. and respect. Mm. Now, if, it, if an employee is not afforded any of those rights, the the general course of action which I advise an employee is if you have an internal HR um, uh, person, which this company clearly does not, you, you take your grievance to that that employee, raise a formal grievance about this to be dealt with. If nothing happens there then you must approach the CCMA with an unfair labor practice, okay? But alternatively, if you're being called certain words that are, that are racist, um, if you're being discriminated against, then, it's, then it might be worthwhile to even approach the Equality Court in that regard. So the bottom line is, is that this, this behavior just cannot be tolerated in a, in, a, in a workplace, and an employee should not keep quiet about it whatsoever. Mark, can I just jump in here? You know, I'm thinking about the fact that you mentioned if you have an internal HR person. This yes. country is filled with small businesses, so the likelihood is whoever the boss is happens to also be the HR person, happens to Correct. also be, you know, the, the person that's uh, uh, paying your salary, as in the one that's clicking the payment button. So Correct. in that situation, who can you talk to if you don't really have the information, I know it's very easy to say, go to CCMA, go to CCMA. But yes, even there, correct. some people don't have the skill to correctly articulate themselves and say, this is what I'm experiencing. They just know they feel horrible and they go home and complain to their spouse or Or take or it out family. on their spouse. Yes. Yeah, so, so I think it's such a challenge. How do we address this issue with our country where it is at the moment? Some people don't have jobs. Now you're told, be grateful that you even have a job. Yeah, look, I think that that kind of talk has no place in, in South Africa. That you know, you must be grateful you have a job. We, yes, we live in a capitalist society, but the bottom line is that the relationship between employer and employee is symbiotic. One can't exist without the other, and uh, and and I think it's, it's you know it's, it's obviously a legacy issue this type of talk. But 
having said that, you know, yes, to answer your question, uh, I understand that, you know, a lot of people are either intimidated not to go to the CCMA, as mm. you said, they can't articulate to mm. go to the CCMA. The CCMA is, is very much geared towards an employee's assistant. And they have advisors on hand who can sit with the employee and help them fill out their claim form. Now, if you, if you, if you still feel that that's not quite right, who, would I, who else could I talk to? Well, all of the, all of our universities have, um, they actually have law clinics. Mm. Yeah. And one of the aspects of the law clinic, the biggest aspect of the law clinic, is the assisting employees with, with labor disputes. And uh, that's a free service that they can go to. Alternatively, if you belong to a trade union, speak to your trade union representative. Mm. I can tell you now that a trade, in, in my years of experience, I can tell you now that trade union representatives, most of them are very, very skillful individuals. They know the law backwards. They know mm. how the practicalities of the application work as well. And they know how to get the best desired result. And just, um, I think it's important we share with all the listeners, the website is ccma.org.za. Uh, their site is currently down for maintenance. So uh, their national office is in Johannesburg CBD, 28 Harrison Street. Um, yes. Do check out their details. They're also on Facebook uh, uh, and Instagram. And I think it's a very important organization to get familiar with the Commission of Conciliation, Mediation and Arbitration so that you don't wait for things to get really bad before you go right. and talk to them. You can actually call them and just ask for advice mm. to say, am I in trouble? Um, uh, is my boss allowed to do X, Y and Z? Mm. And those kind of questions. Mark, is it possible to take one last break and keep you just for one last question? Not a problem. He I'm, wants I'm to dance. He wants to dance. Uh, because we, <laughs> we, we just received a WhatsApp, an anonymous WhatsApp from uh, okay. a former staffer at uh, Ndalo Media. Mm. Uh, says, wanted to add, if possible, that uh, not only was uh, the company liquidated, uh, assets were sold off uh, from Ndalo Media and opened a new entity called Ndalo TME wow. and mm. rehired 28 of us. Wow. She didn't pay two months' salary and then also liquidated that company. And now 28 uh, of us are without jobs. Mm. Uh, we want to know what our rights are. She mm. voluntarily closed, closed, told us uh, wouldn't liquidate, then sold off profitable assets. Mm. So uh, what are our rights in this situation? That's an anonymous WhatsApp from a Ndalo Media former staffer. We're wrapping up our Conflict Resolution Wednesday, chatting to Mark Humphreys, Regional Divisional Director for Legal at RSMSA Consulting Proprietary. Mark, difficult situation that. What do you advise? Yes, yes it is indeed. So the, the Insolvency Act read together with the Companies Act read together with the Labor Relations Act does make provision for the transfer of a business in cases of insolvency. It's, it's dealt with in terms of Section 197's uh, Capital A of the um, Labor Relations Act. And basically what that, we're, and it's one of the things that the Insolvency Act actually prescribes should be looked at is whether or not the business can be saved by transferring it to a new entity. Mm. Now, in those circumstances, that new, the new employer would then step into the shoes of the old employer, and your employment would continue as if you were now, uh, as, as if you now employed by the new employer on the same terms and conditions of employment, recognise rights to to close down. And, and uh, unfortunately, the, the message wasn't clear whether it was a voluntary liquidation or a compulsory winding up. But in the case of a, if, if then the, the company entered into trading difficulties, 
and decided that it needed to, to wind up voluntarily, then the company would have been obliged to follow Section 189 or, or Section 189A, depending if it was a large-scale retrenchment, um, to, to, to retrench the employees okay, in, in, a, in, a, in a voluntary liquidation proceeding. Mm. If, however, it was a compulsory winding up, then, then it's slightly different. Then the, the problem with, with compulsory winding ups is that Section 38 of the Insolvency Act basically says that employment contracts are suspended on the day that uh, the, the, the proceedings that, uh, that the, um, the employment contracts are suspended uh, on, in, when the liquidation is commenced. And then on the appointment of a liquidator, there is a process that begins where you negotiate basically to try and save your jobs. And if that is unsuccessful in a period of 45 days, your employment automatically terminates. Mm. The Act then provides for certain amounts that are payable to you, but they're capped and they're mm. quite small. Um, to be honest, and the, the, the regulation hasn't been looked at in, in some time, which is probably not fair. But ultimately, the, it's like the, when when those uh, when you dismiss insofar or your contract is terminated insofar as the, uh, those 45 days is concerned, that doesn't constitute a dismissal for the purposes of the labour relations act. So all you're entitled to claim are those amounts that are due to you in terms of the section 98 capital mm. A of the insolvency act. Uh, we have a WhatsApp here. It says, I'm one of the employees from uh, uh, said companies, both companies, in fact. Uh, is it possible to give us Mark's details? Because we're really desperate for help. We don't know where to turn to anymore. Uh, but is there a place people can get a hold of you? Yes, they can uh, They can contact me on my, on my email address, which is uh, mark.unfeed.co.za. Alternatively, my work landline is 011-329-6000. And I'm more than happy to, to, to walk through the process. I just have to warn people that we are not a, a, a firm of attorneys, a law firm, so we don't do litigation, but I am able to provide it now. Thank yes. you so, so much, uh, Mark, uh, for all of that information. And I think it's it's really valuable because sometimes people just need guidance and advice. Um, and thank you so much for joining us on the Fresh Breakfast Show. Reminder to all of you, ccma.org.za is where you can go. The site is down for maintenance at the moment, but keep checking if there are any issues that you have. Give them a call, 011-377-6650. Uh, Mark, please don't throw the facts at me. There's another question here for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so they're flooding in. It's, yeah. it's a WhatsApp from Anonymous. Where I stay, they hired people from outside the country for security, knowing that they do, they do not have the correct papers. Mm. Um, every month, and they're always told stories that they can only pay them a thousand rand mm. because they don't have uh, papers or bank accounts. Uh, what are their rights in that regard, and where do we report such situations? Okay, well, insofar as security personnel are concerned, I think the, the first step is to report that particular company to CERA. That's the regulatory council for the security industry. And secondly, the, there's been a plethora of case law now that's come out of the CCMA, which says that, that uh, employ, employees who are not residents, who are not citizens of South Africa and who don't have correct documentation to be in South Africa still have the same rights as employees 
uh, as any other employee in South Africa. So they are entitled to approach the CCMA to enforce their rights as well. Mm, mm, mm. <clears throat> your hands uh, might be full, and uh, hopefully uh, you have big <laughs> hands, Mark. Thank you so much for, for hanging out with us and being so patient. No, I need a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, I'd like to thank everyone who's listening to me, including all my friends, family, and colleagues. All right, then. Uh, that is uh, Mark Humphreys, Regional Divisional Director for Legal at RSMSA Consulting Proprietary. You know what I think we do? Yeah. Um, since we are wrapping up, uh, obviously, International Workers' Day and it's Workers' Month, mm-hmm. um, we need to revisit this. I, think uh, I agree. With a, with a labor uh, specialist. Absolutely. And answer all of your questions. Mm. And possibly an HR specialist yes. as well in that conversation. Because there's a million, literally a million, okay, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> 900,000 uh, WhatsApps that have come yeah. in. So I think we need to revisit this. Yes. The workers are so critical in this country. And let's not forget uh, as well the workers who are not even allowed to go on strike because they are critical services. Mm. We're talking about our police officers, our doctors, our nurses. Uh, we definitely are thinking of you. And we see you. Mm. We see you and we appreciate the work that you do under the circumstances that you are working under. So those are the people that we are thinking about this morning on this Workers' Day.